Welcome to the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. Your definitive source for insights, stories, and first-hand accounts from the heart of emergency response in Gilmer County, Georgia. Each episode dives deep into the different facets of our department, encompassing everything from the inspiring stories of our dedicated members, educational segments on fire prevention and safety, to the latest findings in emergency medical services, and discussions on critical issues impacting our department and community. Our mission with this podcast is to narrow the gap between our community and the brave men and women who've devoted their lives to its service. Whether you're a resident keen to understand the inner workings of your fire department, an aspiring firefighter EMT seeking knowledge and inspiration, a seasoned professional curious about the unique opportunities Gilmer County offers, or a community supporter who appreciates our efforts, this podcast aims to serve you. Welcome to the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. Join us on this enlightening journey into the world of emergency services. Good afternoon. My name is Will Sargent. I'm a lieutenant with the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Department in LJ, Georgia. I am the host of the official Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. And today I am bringing you episode one, our introduction episode. In this episode, we're going to take some time to introduce the podcast itself, as well as introduce some of the the folks that are going to be involved. First off, the purpose of this podcast is just an outreach tool to our community primarily. We want to use this as a way to deliver information about the current happenings of the department, our needs, uh, the cool things that we're doing, the impacts that we're seeing be made, events that we have coming up. We also want to use this to reach out to people who may be interested in joining the department one day as we uh, are beginning our second in-house recruit school, and we have plans in the future of doing those again, and we want to deliver information for anyone interested in in that process, any aspiring firefighters and also existing firefighters who might be interested in working with us, who are curious as to what we're doing, and so we're just kind of using this as a, an outreach tool across the board, and also we want to provide some education, both education to our community and education to those fire and EMS personnel, not just local, but across the country. Today joining me is Chief Daniel Kaufman. Um, brought him in as a part of this introductory episode. We're going to kind of talk about some things about the department in general, and Chief Kaufman will be back with us. So... Uh, Chief Kaufman, how about you introduce yourself now? Yeah, my name is uh, Daniel Kaufman. I am a Floridian by birth. Uh, spent my first 50 years there. Uh, then had the unique opportunity to uh, take a job in a place that I love. To, I visited here for 15 years prior to actually residing here and being the fire chief. So uh, my kids kind of spent spring breaks and some summers up here uh, with the in-laws cabin and uh, just it's been an amazing opportunity to come up here. And like I said, I, I did 30 years with uh, my previous department, which was Marion County Fire Rescue in Ocala, Florida. Uh, kind of went through some of the growing pains that we're experiencing here um, to our small department, primarily volunteer when I started. Over the years, kind of transitioned back over to uh, almost a fully career department department. Uh, of almost, I think, 700 firefighters now. It was like 50 when I started. So a lot of the stuff that's being experienced here, I've kind of lived through the right. transition from BLS to ALS to ALS transport. And it's so some of that has been, you know, not recreating the wheel. I mean, it's stuff right. I've lived through and suffered through at some point, And I'm able to, you know, kind of bring some of that right. knowledge here. Um, did you, did you ever think those times you were vacationing that you would end up the fire chief here? Was that ever a thought on your mind or never, never, not at all. I mean, I, I remember just, I would drive past here in station one on three twenty five Howard Simmons you know, <laughs> road for years. And just, you know, I just never stopped in, but, uh, never thought this would be, you know, my new home and my office would be here. And, you know, I'd get to live and work and play in a place that I love. So, I mean, it was um, really think, yeah, God puts you in places for reasons sometimes. And yeah, just things, you know, I kind of had a plan where I was at and I yeah. thought things were going to work out. 
differently. I was retired for nine months and uh, a couple things that I thought were, you know, would probably happen did not. And I'd opened the door right. up here because had I been in, you know, a different circumstance there, I wouldn't have even applied for this job. You know, I would have been committed to, to something else. Yeah, it's funny. I have a similar story. When I was contracting, I was standing in Blue Ridge between contracts, and I would come hang out down here, and I would drive past Station 1 here. And I was like, man, that's a beautiful station. And it looks cool when you drive by and, you know, and, all the bays. Yeah, and, and it never really crossed my mind. And then next thing you know, I'm working here, and I'm like, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, I, you know, I had all these well-laid-out plans as well, and it yeah. just didn't didn't turn out the way I expected. So Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, we ended up here. I uh, have three daughters. Um, two were already uh, out of the house. We have one left to graduate high school. So um, I interviewed and got the job in March of 2019. I started here. My wife stayed back in Ocala so she could get the last daughter graduated out of high school and moved off to college and, you know, then came up here and sold the house. She she. Packed everything up, sold it, and, you know. It's awesome. Yeah, so it was, it was great. Uh, kind of exciting, kind of nervous, too. Um, wasn't sure I was going in this direction necessarily in my life, but, I mean, you know, I think this is where God wanted me and put me in. Uh, it's been a really good experience, just some personal growth and um, putting some of the stuff that I, I learned over the years just between school and watching other people that— you know, there were leaders that I admired and bringing those qualities. And so it's been, it's been a really awesome experience, to, to be honest with you. I didn't know what to expect when I, when I got here, but uh, I've, I've enjoyed the challenge and building something that is really good here. Definitely. And I think that's really the message that a lot of us have had. It's a really exciting time here, and we're doing some really cool things, and it's one of the, the things about this podcast is I think we can deliver a lot and let people see some of the stuff we're doing. And so I appreciate you being here. We're going to kind of dive into that. Before we do, how about some hobbies outside of the work stuff? What are some things that you enjoy doing? And I'd have to say anything outdoors, pretty much. Uh, when COVID hit, you know, everything was shut down, travel, uh, concerts, whatever, you know, it was. So we actually purchased an RV at the time and got into, you know, a lot of camping. Georgia State Parks are very, very beautiful. Uh, many of them up here, and I haven't found one that was disappointing yet. Uh, we like to hike. Uh, we have a rescue dog, um, kind of big on the whole rescue thing. They're great animals. Uh, name's Piper. Got it from Homeward Bound, where my wife volunteers, uh, walking dogs. And so anybody out there that's looking for a cat or a dog, I mean, Homeward Bound and Gam Gilmer Animal Shelter are two great places. Uh, a lot of dogs out there that need rescuing. So, And, and I'll, uh, we'll throw up the information for both those in the show notes. Sure. If you're interested, check out the links there. Maybe go adopt a dog. Yeah. So I'm also... More involved here in the community than I ever was in Ocala. It's, just, it's kind of unique how that happened, but uh, got involved with the Optimist Club of Gilmer County, uh, which does a lot of benefits for children or youth in the community. Uh, scholarships, uh, something called SAC Pack, where um, they have a major fundraiser each year, and that helps fund the backpacks that go home with food for the kids on the weekends and over the summer. So. Outside of work, yeah, I have a whole other life, but, uh, you know, it's either outdoors stuff or, you know, community-based stuff as well. So Definitely. And I, th I think that's one of the, the cool things as we see is is pretty much everyone in the administration and a lot of our folks are heavily involved in the community. And I, I'm looking forward to being able to showcase some of that here so some of the folks listening can see the things that we're doing. So uh, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, this is a, an awesome opportunity to get the public, you know, a little more knowledgeable about what we do. It's a, you know, podcasts are really a big thing, and I appreciate you putting in the the time and the effort to to do this for us and to kind of put us out there in the forefront of, you know, what a lot of departments may not be doing or 
have somebody that's tech savvy enough or the equipment to do this. So it's, you know, really nice that, you know, small little place in North Georgia mountains called Gilmer County can actually have a podcast. So. Well, and for me, it's one of the things that I love about this place is um, you guys have fostered an environment for us where when we have these crazy ideas, we're told to go for it. And this yeah. was just one of those crazy ideas. And We've we've got a team of folks that are thinking outside of the box, and you guys right. have supported that. And that's one of the things for those that are looking for a home department and who are go getters with ideas. This is a good place for that, and I, I'm yeah. thankful for the opportunity to to do these crazy things that we come up with and, and see them take off. And there's going to be some other hosts throughout this. Hopefully, uh, Deputy Chief Mark Chastain, Chief Terrence Evans, who's our EMS Division Chief. Our battalion chiefs will have battalion chief Jason Bryant, who is my battalion chief. Yeah. We'll have the A shift battalion chief, Chief yeah. Mike Dempsey. He's going to be talking a lot about some of the rescue capabilities. That's kind of his wheelhouse. Yes. And I really want to get, I think we have a unique opportunity to get him and his daughter, who just graduated our recruit school. Yeah. It's kind of, that whole thing was an amazing process to, start to finish, just the be very beginnings of this, you know, just was kind of a pipe dream or an idea, and it was talked about. And then, you know, said, well, let's do it. What does it take yeah. to make this happen? You know, it's like, well, we need a classroom. Yeah. And that's that was kind of the start. And then you know, Director Cassera was able to, and uh, Chief Bryan were actually able to, to find us a portable classroom somewhere. Uh, we paid the money, got it moved here and put on site. And so like, well, now we have that. What else do we do now? And then just like, we just chipped away at it and got the, you know, now this is the next step. And then, you know, here we are 10 months later and, you know, we ended up with eight solid recruits out of this, you know, seven men and one female. And it was, it was amazing. You know, we graduated them on Friday and I mean, I just can't be more proud of that group. And, you know, the instructors that actually took the time to have that, that end product was just so great. And they were so prepped for, you know, all their state exams. And, you know, my thanks to everybody that contributed to that, man. It wasn't, you know, I, I helped, you know, like, yes, we can do this or we can afford to do this. And, you know, this is how many people we can, you know, put in the class. But, you know, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into this this project, and uh, we're doing it again, of course. You know, we're three weeks away from starting this process again, and had it not been so successful the first time, we wouldn't even be looking to do this again. So, yeah. and, and that's one of the things is that whole project, so many people have ownership of. That wasn't one person's thing. There's a, there's so many hands that went into that, and we've. I think it's uh, – we uh, previously filmed and or recorded an episode that's coming out after this one, but in that episode, we, we talked a lot about that and just how much life that pumped into the department and how it really changed the outlook. And it's it's been really cool to see. I'm looking forward to this next one. And it's also presented us – this is another opportunity. We can take – we've got that probie hour – edition of the podcast where we're going to be able to take these guys that that just graduated and follow them across a year and record something while at the same time some of these new recruits getting them you know we already had a couple that we were able to come in and ask some questions of just ahead of time oh, wow. and record it just to see what they feel what yeah you know, what do you and then to be able to follow their journey and we can we can do some cool documentation this way and, and show some stuff and right it's an exciting time and um but there's going to be a lot of different co-hosts. Uh, I'm looking forward to having you back. Uh, so some, just so our listeners are aware, we've kind of put together some different episodes and themes. You know, we're going to do a lot of community outreach stuff and right. uh, talking about events coming up. We're going to have the fire stuff where we, we, you know, we talk to various firefighters showcasing both fire and EMS calls and EMS edition with Chief Evans. And so there's a lot of opportunities here that we're looking forward to. So with that, we've talked a little bit about who you are and the podcast. 
will you kind of dig into Gilmer County a little bit, kind of tell us a little bit about the county as well as the department and kind of the direction we're going. So Gilmer County is, you know, you always have this geographical challenge of, you know, where your fire stations are located in relationship to uh, populations of, you know, or pockets that are highly dense. And, you know, Gilmer County moving forward, I mean, that may be something, you know, we're going to have to take a closer look at, you know, our, all of our fire stations where they need to be geographically on the map to serve the public in the, the best manner possible. Uh, I'd like to say that, you know, we could staff all of our fire stations, but, it, you know, it's just financially not possible. Right. I mean, uh, to bring one station up with uh, four people per shift and keeping the lights on and paying the personnel, I mean, it's close to a million dollars. And payroll and so that's, benefits. That's per station. Per station. Wow. Yeah. Didn't realize uh, that. Yeah, it's 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 not cheap. Right. You know. Uh, but at some point as a department and the community, we, you know, we have to look at, you know, right. we you know, we're growing and you know, we have to meet the needs of the community and that's the most important thing. And can we do it from where we are currently situated, you know, and what would be the next station we put up? And a lot of this is data that we have to, to pull from. And uh, But currently where we're at and where we're moving forward, um, you know, we have the, the four staff stations. Uh, we're looking to uh, have quick response, either squads, uh, I guess, basically on a there that can uh, intercept or, or make first patient contact with uh, people that call 911. So if an ambulance is out of the station already on a call, uh, another 911 call goes down in that same area, that quick response truck can actually get to the scene, initiate patient contact, start some treatment, uh, while another ambulance from another station will be coming. So we're looking to do that uh, pretty soon so we can pretty much doubling our response capability as far as initiating patient care. Uh, However, we're not increasing the, the amount of ambulances we're, we have on a 24-hour basis. But I think it's important to get people there as quick as possible for the public just to it makes them feel better, for one thing. And if there's something immediately that needs to be done, you know, we have the capability to do that. And, and that's part of, you know, having the advanced EMTs on the trucks as well. Definitely. Which we, you know, we just went through what, 14 of those 14, yes. that finished uh, the state testing. And uh, I think we still have a few that got a test for national registry. But again, that was another highly successful uh, portion of this class was uh, just the rollout of that many advanced EMTs coming out into the department and ready to work. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think it's going to take a burden a lot, off a lot of the folks that have been here. And there's there's folks that, while we've worked on the staffing and worked on this, have worked long hours and, and sacrificed a lot of time away from family. And, and we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel with that. Right. And I'm thankful for that as well. I know a lot of people are collectively taking a, a big, deep breath now. Yeah. Uh, we have people that can actually step up and, you know, work some additional shifts now, you know, with these recruits coming online, it it gives us fresh blood out there. It gives people that can, like you said, take the burden off some of these uh, other people that have been stepping forward and stepping up to, to work additional shifts just to make sure, you know, we have adequate staffing and coverage for the citizens and visitors here in Gilmer County. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for so the listeners that aren't familiar, we run between five and 6,000 calls that's fire ems combined um obviously i would say 85 percent of that is ems yeah that's about the national average and uh, yeah so uh ems you know dominates the the calls nationally for everybody and it's no different here and yeah. uh depending on your population. If you have an aging population, it could be even higher. Yeah. You know, it just depends. Uh, newer communities that, you know, new houses and 
you know, may not tend to burn as quickly, you know, or have incidents of fire, you know, may have a greater portion of EMS calls. Right. So. Yeah. And I think um, one of the unique things for us is we have a large population that um, doesn't live here. We, a lot of the folks that are in Gilmer County are from tourism. And so we can see a significant spike Yes, and in the actual, how many people are here? Oh yeah, and and I think that's a unique challenge. Yeah, there's a surge in population. You know, pretty much every weekend. Uh, I mean, we're starting to hit prime season yeah. again. Uh, summer schools out, and everybody's escaping heat and coming to the mountains and yeah. you know hitting the rivers and whatever else. You know, all the great outdoor activities uh, that are here. Yeah. Um, just. I never thought that little Gilmer County would be uh, attract so many people. But, I mean, if you look, I mean, you know, the wineries around here are, are a big attraction. And a couple weekends ago, they had the Nashville songwriters, you know, that were here. Yeah. And, you know, there are times you get 20,000 people that are non-residents over the weekend come into Gilmer County. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know that a weekend goes by that we don't have something going on here. And, you know, then we get the week-long, like the Apple Festival and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, we attract a lot of folks. We do. So. The, uh, the Gilmer Chamber is really big on advertising, you know, LJ. Yeah. You know? And, you know, when you say LJ, I mean, that's Gilmer County because... You know, the city is small, but all the the rentals and all that, I mean, that's in Gilmer County. Right. And so we are impacted by that, and we have to respond to, to those calls as well. Yeah. Um, what would you say are greatest challenges that we're facing right now? Probably just keeping up with the growth. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a ton of growth here in Gilmer County. Um subdivision after subdivision just open up and you know a lot of this is early construction phase but i mean eventually you know these lots are selling and people are building and you know meeting the needs of this new population of people that are coming here whether it's weekend or full-time or you know a lot of them are probably you know rental properties as well so they're going to be occupied yeah and you know, we have to, you know, continue to meet the needs of the community and the visitors. I mean, we don't have a choice. I mean, it's our first uh, priority. So, yeah, I mean, we are a unique organization, the fire service, um, that, you know, when somebody calls 911, you know, we ask them two questions, you know, and it's, you know, what's your emergency and where is it? You know, and we go, yeah. you know, it's not, do you have insurance, yeah. you know, and you know, we're, we're there, you know, they call and we respond yeah. and it's up to us to make that situation better. Yeah. And, you know, nobody else is going to, right. I mean, we're the last line of defense and we show up there and, you know, we make the situation better and we go home. Yeah. And, um, we, to, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the size of the department, how our employees kind of are layout there. Yeah, so we are budgeted right now uh, right at 17 per shift. So battalion chief and then 16 firefighters, which include officers as well. So that's the line. Uh, we have senior staff. I have a deputy chief, EMS chief. Uh, we have two staff support, uh, two fleet mechanics, which are – super guys that keep the trucks on the road and you know that's a challenge you know if you have an aging fleet and it's super hard to get trucks right now uh, and it, with supply chain issues and it's hard to give those two enough credit because yeah. it doesn't matter the time of day or night both yeah both of them are there in a heartbeat yeah so. they're like the macgyvers of gilmer county yeah. fire rescue and they you know somehow man that they're Truck's working, yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, and then we have our, our fire prevention, which uh, on Friday we recognized one of the, the second 
uh, got Timothy Lawson as a fire inspector, just got his certification. So we've grown that from one to two, and we thank the commission for, you know, helping us right. fund that because, you know, Lieutenant Glover was just overwhelmed yeah. with, you know, all this new construction and commercial uh, space that's coming up and change of occupancies that he just couldn't keep up, you know, reading plans and checking off on that. So uh, they are they're doing a great job. And, you know, excited to see, you know, the, the community risk reduction and the outreach that, that they do that, you know, it's going to be beneficial to, to the department and the citizens. Yeah. Those, I know everyone from the top down does a lot of work, and we're, we're, we're really lucky to have a lot of the positions we have. And, you know, then a lot of folks wear more than one hat. You know, a lot of oh, our yeah. folks are doing multiple jobs. Like Chief Chastain, you know, he's... The, the deputy chief of operations, and you know he also does the arson investigation side. So fire marshal, fire marshal, yeah, training officer, and yeah. So a lot of folks here are just they do a lot of work, and it's it's really cool to see everybody come together. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about while I had you, one of the I believe it's a unique thing you don't hear of, of a lot of places doing it is the com- the CODA program, the Company Officer Development Academy. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a really cool thing that we we can talk about. and uh, It is. And I set an example for some other folks. I think we, we learned a lot. And would, would you kind of kind of share your vision for how that came about and, and how that process went? Well, so in, in a traditional fire department, this kind of transition from, you know, you'll promote to driver and then you'll drive for a couple of years. And that, that's all you do is drive. Uh, you're up front with the lieutenant. You know what goes on. You know, you know what has to happen, the decisions that are made from that right seat. And you learn a lot as a driver from your lieutenant. Uh, we don't have that depth here, right. you know. Currently, we're working on that. But to where a traditional driver would then promote over to lieutenant, right. and it's, it's an easier transition. So um, we just kind of came up with the, the idea that, you know, since we're not, we don't have that traditional base of driver engineer over to lieutenant, right. uh, we need to prepare the lieutenant, the future lieutenant, for that position. You know, we got to teach them, you know, the ins and outs of, you know, Conflict resolution, uh, discipline, you know, we go over the budget and how it's funded, customer service, which is probably my top priority is customer service. And, you know, we go over, uh, you know, this extrication training and, and just teaching, you know, the students to be, you know, a better officer. So instead of giving them material to study, and then testing them and then putting them in the right front seat and saying, okay, now you're a lieutenant, go do your job. They're like, well, I've never done this before. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. So the Company Officer Development Academy is designed to better prepare that future lieutenant for that that right front seat and to make the decisions there. And I think it was as someone who got to go through it, and I had previously been an officer, but I never had an opportunity like that. I never had... It was always kind of like, well, you'll figure it out. And so I, it was nice to be able to see some of the stuff behind the scenes, to learn about how our budget specifically works, to learn how Gilmer County does things as opposed to just being like, ah, you'll figure it out when you figure it out. And I think it's it set people up for success way more right. than a traditional testing process. Yeah, I think so. And I think it was unique and, and good for what we were doing and what we needed it to accomplish. Uh, as a part of that, I mean, once you were done with that CODA uh, academy, the, uh, the student or the lieutenant had apparatus operator certification, uh, instructor one certification, and fire officer one. So that was kind of built into it. And it was about 200 hours of you know, career and leadership training for that position. Uh, so moving forward before we do another academy, which, you know, not sure how far out that is, but, you know, we're going to have to have one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the prerequisite now would be, you know, you have to have apparatus operator. You have to have instructor one and fire officer one. Right. So then that right there 
takes 120 hours and, and we can concentrate more on team development and leadership stuff and fire ground tactics and right. stuff like that. So uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Uh, so we, it's on the horizon. We don't know when it's going to be, uh, but if, you know. It's, I think it's still a, a, a real good thing to talk about. People can learn from. Um, I, th I think it's a lot like this first recruit school. We did it once. We figured out some stuff, and we know yeah. kind of how to make it even better, and that's where some of those changes came from. Right. Uh, can you talk a little bit about any other projects you've been working on, any other things you'd like the community to know about, any of uh, the things you see on the horizon uh, as far as vision for the department? Well, as far as vision for the department, it's currently just trying to build out all the positions. Uh, you know, again, Coda would be part of some of the, you know, the, the vision of building this thing out. Um, you know, just so many things. I'm just trying to, you know, we have an apparatus replacement plan, which is critical for a fire department. I mean, you have to, you know, look down the road and have something in place you just can't you know wing it and be like well this year i think we need to replace this truck i mean you have to really you know look and see you know where your um where your equipment is and the age and you know stuff technology gets better uh safety features get better and you know 20 years on a front line for a fire truck is about you know what you're going to get and uh five years reserve and then you know they need to be retired i mean yeah not many of us are driving a 20 year old car because i mean it breaks down or you know technology you know is just surpasses it after the period of time and uh, yeah well, do you know some off the top of your head some of the statistics on our current fleet as far as age and uh, kind of the Emphasize kind of some of the need of this <laughs> replacement yeah. plan. Well, more than anything, I need ambulances, you know, but uh, we're, uh, we, we've had a schedule set up where we replace one ambulance every year. So it keeps it at four years frontline and then uh, we'll put it in reserve for a year or two. And then after that, you know, we rotate them out. And right. uh, it's just been since COVID, uh, I'm still waiting on an ambulance from 2022. Yeah. And, it's just unique times. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, there's two-year wait list for an ambulance. Right. And it's no fault of our own. I mean, we have a plan and we have a replacement plan, and we've stuck to it up to a certain point where they're like, they're not building any chassis, and they can't get us the equipment. And, you know, uh, every fire chief in America is having the same problem. You know, it's, it's not unique to here. And so it's just one of those things that kind of complicates the yeah. job sometimes and, you know, keeps our fleet guys, you know, on their toes and they have to, they have to work miracles sometimes. And you're like, yeah, I need that truck up and running tomorrow. And, you know, and they still somehow find a way it's, they do. Um, it's pretty been incredible to watch. Is there anything else you want to share with the community? Any other pressing needs that you'd like people to know about and uh, kind of some, we did go through um, in 2022 uh, ISO Insurance Service Office um, evaluation. It's every five years. It's a very thorough and in-depth uh, look into your department, your training records, hydrants, hose, pre-plans, uh, your staffing levels. You know the equipment that's on your truck. Uh, so it's. It's the scariest thing you go through as a fire chief, you know, because somebody's coming in and, you know, and if it doesn't go well for you, uh, the insurance rates for homeowners can actually go up. Um, so at the end of June, we can reveal kind of where we are with ISO. So, you know, stay tuned for that. There may be another episode or... I, I, think, we're, I think we're going to have to do an episode on that alone and we can yeah. talk about... A little bit of background on what goes into it and the work that we did to get where. Yeah, we there was a ton. It's it's so much documentation, and when they're going back five years of stuff. So, um, like I said, it's it's a nightmare, you know, for a logistics guy. So 
you know, Aaron Freeman is our logistics and compliance manager. And, you know, he, he spent a lot of time working on, you know, that project for us and uh, said, you know, we'll, we'll have some big reveal at some point where, where we are with that. And, uh, and as we move down the road and, you know, as equipment improves and staffing levels, I mean, it, it opens the door to actually improve the ISO rating for the community, which in turn is a savings to, to taxpayers. So, which, you know, it's, it's always nice to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, I think it's good for the community to see that we're working hard to save them money as well as working hard to protect them. And, you right. know, it goes hand in hand. And we're respectful of the fact that, you know, people have to pay for this, these things oh, yeah. to happen. Oh, yeah. So I think one of the, the big things this year is the uh, cancer prevention and physical fitness yeah. uh, side of the department, you know, everybody getting healthy. Uh, we received grant money in uh, 21 for uh, physicals, cancer screenings, and we're in year two of that. So it's been, you know, there were no physicals prior to me getting here. Uh, super important for firefighters. Yeah. I mean, that this job is hard on the body. Uh, it's you're exposed to stuff and, you know, we, we caught a few things you know, in the initial round of physicals and people were able to follow up with doctors and get some testing and medication and able to, to work through some issues. Yeah. And, yeah, it's way better to find something early on. Yeah. You know, we did cancer screening as a part of the physicals. Um, yeah, and for our community members that don't know, the likelihood of a firefighter getting cancer is way higher than the general public. Oh, yeah. So... It's and I've where I used to work. I mean, I've had friends that have passed away from cancer, uh, and they actually have one there now that's battling cancer. And yeah, and these aren't old people either. Right? You know, I mean, they're they're fairly young, and you know, you're exposed to toxic chemicals. Yeah. We have SCBA and bunker gear, but they're you know they're still there's smoke and well, and, um, and we've learned some stuff in recent yeah. years, even about our bunker gear. We have and have had yeah. to make changes there. So. Yes, yeah, so there's actually particulate barriers in bunker gear now, and we're we're looking to do that on our next round of bunker gear. It does it's an increased cost, yeah. so we may not be able to get as many sets of bunker gear as we would before. But I think at some point you draw the line in the sand, and you're like, from this moving forward, we're going to, um, you know, move forward with this particular barrier because, you know, I mean, if we have knowledge that, you know, firefighters are at a higher risk, you know, why aren't we taking the additional steps to give them a fighting chance? You know, especially the younger guys, you know, they're just starting out and they're going to be exposed to this over a long career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I probably – could speak for both of us. You know, you've been doing this longer than me. I wish I could go back in time and apply the things that I know now, just yeah. on the cancer front. Oh yeah, because I'm, I know I increase my risk, and oh, yeah. one day I'll have to see if that risk comes to play or not for me. Right. I mean, it was a badge of honor to have dirty bunker gear and you know, and a burned up helmet, and you know, but now you know that whole we have to shift that mindset, and we have to set the good example for the younger generation. And they're going to view this totally different than we did. Because uh, that, like I said, growing up through the fire department, that was our badge of honor. But if we instill it in our new recruits at a younger age, you know, they're new into this, you know, that can be their normal. Yeah. You know, it's not our normal. We have to make the adjustment for them. Like, this is your normal right here. Yeah. You know, and, we actually got uh, off the fireworks grant this year. We got particulate hoods because that's also one of the areas, you know, the neck area and the top of the head. Yep. Are, you're prone to uh, thyroid cancer in that area. Yep. And so uh, I'm proud of the steps we're making in that direction. Uh, and, and I think uh, the health and wellness initiatives we're working on are great anyways. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not in the shape I want to be anymore. And I'm, I'm thankful to be at a place where we're encouraging fixing that. And, yeah. yeah. You know, we've got a lot of folks that are working on um, leading PT on shift. And right. Just 
developing the, the, the health and wellness program, you know, I, I think you gave a vision and a lot of people have, are buying into it and we're, we're seeing that. Right. Forward. Yeah. And that was part of, you know, what I've got here, those no mission or vision statement or core values established. So, uh, we actually included that, you know, in our statement that, you know, we would be a healthier department. And so it's coming to pass. I mean, it, it's not, it's a culture change as well. I mean, there's going to be resistance. And I mean, you know, they say 60% of the people are already doing it. 20% are, you know, on the fence. And those, you got to get those 20. And then there's 20 that don't want to do it. Um, but eventually people give in, you know, they, they're competitive or there's peer pressure or like, they feel like yeah. they're missing out on something or they're not, they're seeing results in other people and they're like, I want that. And some people just need the direction. They yeah. just need the yeah. help. They, so. they, they know where they want to be. They don't know. And I, and I think that's true whether we're talking of the officer development or the health and wellness. Some people just need help with the roadmap and, and moving forward. And I yeah. think we're able to, we're doing a lot of things to give that. Yeah. So... In the round two of the uh, the grant process, you know, we received seventy six thousand, uh, a little over that, for uh, equipment, uh, pure fitness trainers, uh, nutritional counseling, and uh, then it was physical assessments. So uh, we just took delivery of one of our fire sleds. Um, we're going to get people registered for the uh, pure fitness trainer and. So I said, it's, it's not a quick process, but we're getting there. And uh, it's just a matter of time. Each station will be equipped with a really nice set of equipment. And, you know, we're looking just to rotate trucks through maybe to come up here and you have peer led fitness training, yep. you know, you know, we're going to do 60 minutes and, you know, whether you're walking or running, you know, it's friendly to the employee. It's not Navy SEAL training, yeah. you know, because uh, some people get all scared. And, yeah. You know, they, they're going to have to be in bunker gear and an air pack and running and up and downstairs. And, you know, it's, it's not like that. I mean, it's, you know, for the most part, low impact cardio stuff. And, right. you know, but. And it's not like a punitive thing. It's a. No, it's definitely it's not going to be. It's punitive. all about being better. And that's that's really. The message of a lot of the things we're doing right now is it's just to be a better department and yeah. to be a better department so we can be better for our community and better for our families. Yeah. That, you know, there's the, the big saying, you know, everybody goes home. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing. At the end of the shift, everybody goes home, yeah. you know. And that just, just doesn't mean that, you know, don't get killed on a fire scene right. or hit by a car and, you know, work in a vehicle accident, you know. That's, you know, not having a heart attack in the fire station and you don't wake up for a call and they check on you and, yeah. you know, that person died of a heart attack. I mean, and that's a regular occurrence. It does, yeah. It's a very regular occurrence um, that we see a couple times a month probably. Yeah. They said it's uh, it's not infrequent. I mean, it happens. And, you know, if we can help people avoid that, you know, give them longevity, give them better quality of life. I mean, yeah. you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, going home and with your family. Yeah. So. And I think, I think that's one of the things I'm thankful for too, is just the, we put a priority on our people. You know, we, we're here to take care of the community. Right. But that also includes taking care of our employees. And, yeah. And, and because we do that, I think we see employees who are, um, more capable, more willing uh, to take care of the community. I think it's a it's cyclical. I think so. I mean, if you're taking care of your employees and you you know you show them compassion and respect, right. and you know that carries out into the field, right. you know. And if it doesn't, and we find out about it, then you know we we have to sit down and we talk. And like yeah. customer service is yeah. the most important thing that we do. Yeah. I mean, you know, every call that we go on is. Customer service, yeah. you know, and, and you know it's it's difficult for folks sometimes because I think routinely the guys think for, uh, not necessarily forget, but because you do it so often, you forget that when someone calls nine one one, that's a probably a rare thing for them and the worst day of their life. And yeah, while we're accustomed to that, it's right. not their norm. Exactly. I mean, we're like, what's this guy complaining about, really? Yeah. But, I mean, 
in their life and at that moment, that is their emergency, you know, and for some, you know, they call 911. So, I mean, they're, I mean, if, if I have to pick up the phone and call 911, it's, it's a bad day for me or my family. Same here. And, you know, we just have to, to recognize that, you know, just by us pulling up there and, you know, maybe it doesn't seem like it's that much of a situation to us. We've seen way worse. Yeah. You know, you, you still have to empathize with yeah. that person and say, you know, make them feel better and get to the root cause of the problem. And, you know, do you need to transport them? Can you take care of the problem right there? You know, sometimes yeah. some people just need someone to talk to. And it's sometimes. Just, and I think, I think uh, we're fortunate again that we have a good group that does a good job with that. So. We do. Yeah. They, you know, I get frequent, you know, compliments on how well our guys do. Yeah. yeah. And that's a reflection on the battalion chiefs and the lieutenants and, you know, the trickle down effect of, you know, this is our standard up here, you know, down the hall with the chiefs and, you know, that trickles down all the way to them. And so where I think we, we see the fruits of the labor on that. So, yeah. Anything else you think of that, uh, we might want to let the community know about. I'm sure we're, we're going to have you on. I'm sure many times to talk about stuff. I just want to make sure we're kind of. Yeah. No, I think for like an initial yeah. uh, podcast here for you know the the number one or the first one to come out. I think you know we, we've yeah. kind of bounced all over the place, but uh, yeah, and I think, I think there's it's a, a lot going on in, in this department in this county, and you know we're just trying to improve ourselves, you know, every day and what we can do for the citizens. And, yeah. Uh, that's you know, what, so. That's what we're here for. And uh, while we, we've bounced around a bit, I think it's a good introduction to Gilmer County and the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Department. Um, if you end up, if you're listening, you have questions, you can send an email to gcfrpodcast at gmail.com if you have questions for Chief Kaufman, myself. Anything you want to know about the department, we'll, we'll answer them. We, we are definitely, this podcast exists primarily to reach out to our community and to keep you keep you all informed and yeah. also to showcase the, the strong work our folks are doing because if the community only knew what goes oh, on yeah. behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Um, they're definitely probably not recognized as much as they should be as far as, you know, we try to do a good job internally, but... You know, I don't think the community at large understands the depths of what some of these people go to to yeah. make, improve people's lives that are in bad situations, yeah. you know, on calls, you know, just going out of the way and above and beyond. And, yeah, you know, and I, I'm not going to say names, but I know of a crew this week that knew of an elderly person in our community that was struggling and was unable to go buy food and stuff and took Took groceries over, and I know that previously that we've had uh, crew members go to the same residence and uh, spray pesticide and help and help yeah. with pest control and wow. stuff. And so, um, and that's just, the customer service thing that I mean, yeah. and, and that they, they don't they don't, they don't get recognition for it. They don't hear you know the, the community doesn't hear about it, but you know they're they're silent heroes out there. A lot of the times. And, and they don't want recognition. And that's yeah. the cool thing is, you know, they're not doing these things for accolade. They're doing it because they genuinely care. Right. And, you know, that's just one example that I know from the last week. Right. That, that goes on and on and on. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good. Yeah. And, you know, just that, you know, our guys are, you know, impacting people out yeah. there. And, you know, that's what I expect, you know, to good customer service take care of, you know, whatever's in that's going on at that time. Yeah. If it's, yeah, you have the leeway to uh, go above and beyond, yeah. you know, and if it's in the best interest of the community, the citizen, uh, the department, yeah, you're probably, if you can answer yes to those, you know, you're probably safe. Do it. Yeah. So, and, so, and you know, I think that's, kind of the right thing to do. And, yeah. And we all, we all are in this to help people. and We are. You know, we, you have to have a passion for, you know, helping people, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, originally, 
kind of got into this because I just want to be a fireman. Just yeah. want to ride on a fire truck. Yeah. You know? And then I'm like, I can't get a job. And, uh, so what do I need to do? It's like, we well, got to be an EMT. So you go to EMT school and then you get the job and then you really learn what this is about yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. Because it does take up, you know, it's most of the calls that you run and, you know, you have to enjoy it and embrace it and, yeah. you know, because th that's, that's where you have your interaction. Yeah with the public is, you know, on these EMS calls is, you know, they're vulnerable and they just, you know, they need us to be understanding and compassionate. And, you know, apparently, you know, I think our guys are doing an excellent job out there. They are. Yeah. So it makes me, you know, I, I get to watch my crews do amazing things and other crews. And so I, I know how good it makes me feel, and I know it has to feel that much better up the chain as you, oh, yeah. you're trying to set that culture. So, mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Chief Coppin, for joining us. Yeah, it's been we'll a look, pleasure. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Uh, this is, like I said, new for me. That, yeah. And, uh, so it's a pretty cool experience to sit here and do this. I look yeah. forward to doing it again. And, yeah. you know, we can maybe want, you know, if you get questions, yeah. you know, on the podcast, we can do, you know, ask the ask chief, chief yep, you know, good. question and answer session. And you're like, okay, we have this question, and, yeah. you know. So I, I'd love to do that. I, I really am um, hoping the community takes hold of this and realizes that um, it's an opportunity to interact directly with us. And, yeah. you know, we also want to have community partners in here with us and, and really oh, we be able to talk yeah. about a lot of the stuff we're doing. And um, I think, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of episodes going forward. I know we've already uh, started a list of some unique ideas and things yeah. we want to do and just special episodes of the year. And yeah. uh, it's really cool to see that people have taken hold of this and realized the value in what we're doing. So. Yeah, I think there's real value in this. And uh, people just driving down the road can yeah. get on the podcast and, yeah. you know, just listen away. And Yeah, and if, if community members have ideas, and, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of our department members and getting the word out, if you have an idea, share it with us. Yeah. We'll 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 run with it, see what we can do. So Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Yeah. Well thank you, Chief. And uh, Yeah, thank you. We'll uh we'll be back soon. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. 